Tom just got to the one bad fate boy. Just oh, one. oh, wait. You wait. mean the author, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, Why true. How could there only be one? I mean, I would assume Lancer. No, Lancer's great. I love him. Lancer's a fucking scrub. He's a scrub, but he's he he's, he tries. You I said earlier him. he has a move that hits one hundred percent of the time. Don't, he don't spoil never it for hits Tom. <laughs> what is this fate it's you a, speak it's of? It's a super. It's real bad franchise that I don't know why people like it. You know how I said the sun washes away the fate. That's why it has to stay in the night. Boom! Ha! Boom! Shotgun blast to the face, and it is Soxcast episode 88, brought to you once again by Moon Pies. Moon Pies. Even dogs love them. But don't Keep feed them to up. your dogs, because they'll die. So you eat them yourself, because they're good. <laughs> Boom. See, I workshopped it a little bit since the yeah. last time. Uh, I, I think that, you know, it's a little wordy, right? It's a little wordy, <laughs> but I think it still gets the point across, you know, like these, you know, we, yeah, these are you know, little discs of universally appealing, just deliciousness. Maybe we could talk about feeding them to pets that like don't die if you eat chocolate. <laughs> like, we could probably pies, feed them to your pet bugs. Well, that who just has, has bad connotations. Like, who keeps bugs? You're just like put it in a trash can or so. You don't do that to a divine product sent to us from the heavens, such that moon pies are. Look, I'm moon still pies. workshopping it a little bit. It's been two episodes. Like, surely you they're going to see. They're going to see that there's a lot of dedication <laughs> here. It's it just needs a, a teensy tiny little bit more work. Uh, thank you all for the subs coming in. You're you're all absolutely wonderful. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's another socks cast. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do one of these again. To my immediate virtual right, he deserves a reward because he's the best fuck you ever had. <laughs> it's Rhett. Hello. How's it going? So we're gonna be like every other website right now and talk about Kingdom Hearts three and how confusing it is. Oh yeah, that's like the whole thing now, right? Everybody yeah. acts. Everybody acts like Kingdom Hearts is this big, completely like impenetrable thing yeah. that you can't make it out. I had a whole bit planned where I'm going to be like, "Oh, what do you mean this isn't actually the third game? This series is so confusing." I know, isn't it? <laughs> but but then I actually watched like a recap video of the series, and it does seem kind of fucking out there. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely out there. It's not without its kinks, but. I mean, okay, you're talking know, about a like game series with literally like 15 games. Yeah, you know what? There's probably going to be some continuity there you need to be caught up on, and it's not the series' fucking fault that you don't know what's going on. It's because you didn't play them, dumbass! I know, I've seen like four websites do. We haven't played the Kingdom Hearts games, but here's how they're so confusing. I know, it's that same dumb <laughs> bullshit you see when it comes to a lot of just people and the way they act about Japanese games in general, about yeah. how they're so fucking weird. Crazy Japan and it again. Oh man, it's totally anime, guys. I don't know what's going on. Shocked YouTuber face for the thumbnail. <laughs> oh god. Zach brings up, how about American comics? Oh my god, no thanks. Can we throw them all in the trash too? They're so... Wait a minute, these actually are really, really confusing. Yeah, yeah they're pretty confusing. 
what do you mean I have to catch up on 50 years of backstory? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably won't be hearing about Kingdom Hearts 3 from us, I don't think, unless John just goes out and buys it anyway. No, I'm not going to play it until I need to catch up on the rest of the games first all year. Yeah, so, so I'm going to spend gonna be, all year. It's going to be like another oh. three years before you hear about Kingdom Hearts on this podcast. At least yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3. There's a lot next of John's got to get next, a hold of. Next podcast, Chain of Memories. Then two podcasts oh, after boy. that, Kingdom Hearts 2. Two months and, after that. And then Recoded, and then 358 no, over two days. And then <laughs> Dream Drop Distance. Rat, I'm going to skip Recoded. Come on, Rat. Come on, Rat. <laughs> no, everyone's like, that's the most important one. It's the key to everything. The it's key. The, the key. Oh, my God. Uh... Yeah, like, I've actually been watching Kingdom Hearts stuff just to see if I could confuse it or understand it. Uh And, like, the fact there's this thing called the X-Blade, but really, it's the symbol for key. It's the key blade. Oh, that's so dumb. Like, K-I. That's so dumb. (laughs) It's great. I mean, didn't 999 do something similar with, like, the Q-Door? Yeah, but that was great. Nice spoiler, by the way. Just just casually nice. dropping it right there in the chat. Like, right, right out there no in the No one open. would understand that. God. <laughs> to my immediate virtual left, not the only way to fry an egg. It's John Thire. Hi. How's it going? I'm doing well. That's good. Feeling good. It's good. Got hot chocolate. You were telling us all about your big indoor pool. About how yeah. that's not bourgeois. It's a nice building. Just really, you know, just living within your means. That's all you're doing. Paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. Uh, at least when the alimony finally runs out. Oh. Then I've been, I've been, I've been really just, what's the word for when you're really just suffering? When you have just paycheck to paycheck, just nothing at all. Suffering. I'll finally be free. <laughs> mm. Oh, yep, yep. So we're going to do the socks cast thing now where we talk about things. Hey, John oh, Thayer, did you do anything? I listened oh, to some Faith start... No More. You listened to Faith No More? That's a pretty good band. I just brought that up in the chat. I, I like, thought you said Fate No More. Oh, my God. No, what's... I don't even know what you're talking about. Did you I just to... single-handedly ruin one of my favorite bands for me? Well, don't worry, because John would never say there's no more Fate. <laughs> so you listened to Faith I, I, I No More. To... I listened to the, the real thing over a couple times and had a good time with it. It's, it's a pretty good album. It's a good one to start with. Yeah. Want to get kind of. I listened to a bunch of pans actually. It was really nice. Mm. Kind of just trying to get in, back into music. I think the ones that resonated with me the most were K F M D F. Oh, it's so confusing. It's like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> K M F D M. K M F D M and Ramstein. Those were the albums that I was like, oh yes, oh yes, I want to play these over and over and over again. The Love Higher Jam. Your entire jam. Which KMFDM albums were you into? I listened to Nihil. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much just did one album per band. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Nihil is is really good. Yeah. uh, That album really kicked ass. I really liked um, the closer track, the trust. Mm. It kind of felt like happy nihilism. Where it was like, (laughs) that seemed like kind of the vibe they were giving us. Like, Fuck yeah, it doesn't mean anything, but that's okay. Live life. Love everyone. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It felt nice. It felt wholesome. Yeah. That, that is of of all of the KMFDM records you could have gotten a hold of, that that's like a really damn good starting point. That's like a high watermark, if you ask me. 
Yeah, I figured. That's okay, though. Which uh, Rammstein album did you end up The Rammstein with? I listened to was... <laughs> I'm pulling up my backloggery. Okay. Uh, in reverse order. Oh, oh Mutter. That was oh, Mutter. Yeah, that's a... Mutter? That's a, yeah, it's a mother. Mutter. Mutter. Mother? Mutter. Mutter. Mm-hmm. Polly's all I really like that album. That's a good album. Very good. Yeah, I listened to that one, and just right away, it was like, oh, this is so clear and good. This is... It's not just texture, basically. It felt like there were, there were these really good songs there, and then all this gorgeous, really careful texture on top. Yeah, like, their albums are always just slick and overproduced to fuck, and <laughs> they sound great for it because, I mean, that's the kind of... Like, they're basically making machine music, essentially. You know, machine mm. music with some very crunchy guitar on top, and that's what I want. And they've got a new album coming out this year. Cool. Oh, hell yeah. Ten years after their last one. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. God, that was, yeah, that was a really good listen. So. Yeah, I, I think Poncho's right, though. They're like, you've definitely got to get a hold of uh, Angel Dust uh, by Faith No More. That is a landmark uh-huh. album. Yeah. I think I started that one and then got distracted by something. Mm. And then I listened to a bunch of other ones that didn't really, like, grab me right away. Mm. Uh, like, Strapping Young Lad was one I listened to, and it was like, oh, this feels like it's for smart people. And I'm not, like, I'm not smart enough for this. Mm. Uh, where, where, like, Ramstein, Ramstein was, like, this really kind of accessible sound. Very, very accessible. Very accessible sound. And then I got to Strapping Young Lad, and I was just like... What what's going on? There's uh, there's not like there's no choruses and hooks. What am I doing? Yeah, there's a lot going on with strapping young lad music. <laughs> yeah, kind of reminded me of like the My Bloody Valentine thing. Mm. Um, and I was just like, ah. It, Taylor suggested like if I wanted to really get into that, just like play play it on some good speakers instead of on headphones at work um, would probably help. And then just kind of let it wash over. Mm. So that was sort of the. That was that was those three were kind of like doing a bunch of industrial in a row, um, and I did a couple other things. But the only other one I really want to think on is was I did Skinny Puppy, where I listened to Bites, mm-hmm. and I like that. Um, I was like, this is going on real long. Yeah, I like, I like this, but it's going on real long. And then I looked on Spotify and because it was on like eighty minutes on Spotify, and I was like, man, this this is a cool sound, but I don't I don't want to live in this that long. Yeah, and then I found out that. That's the fucking deluxe album or something with a bunch oh, of B sides mixed yeah, in. Yeah, that like it wasn't that that, the real album's forty minutes. Yeah, I was about to say I don't think that album's eighty minutes long. It's a tight forty, yeah. and I was just like, I got so thanks Spotify, got robbed of the proper experience. Mm. So you so, always do your research, you go to Wikipedia, and you look up the original uh, at least first. Then you know, okay, it stops after this track. Anytime I'm like listening to something new for the first mm-hmm. time, I will wiki it first, just to make yep. sure that I'm not getting some kind of like cause me. Like an album's got to be perfect for me. I'm very picky yep. when it comes to albums and sequencing and making sure everything falls where it needs to fall. And I, I'm not gonna have my experience interrupted or back-ended by a whole bunch of, like, B-sides and outtakes that I, are probably not very good. Yeah, I don't want that. I want as I want the original 
shittiest, oldest versions of the songs, and I want as few of them as possible. It's like, that's the way you go with, like, Megadeth's library, is that you yeah. go with the oldest and the shittiest sounding, because Dave Mustaine went and remastered almost everything, and then he, like, re-recorded bits of it, and it's just like, wow, this just sounds way worse. What did you do? Grand. <laughs> no, thank you. So, that, that was a whole bunch of kind of music experiences um the funniest ones for me were probably nightwish and my chemical romance because i listened to those and i was like oh i am not 14 (laughs) you're not (laughs) i need a citation on that the biggest is weird because go ahead go ahead ahead. because like i listened to so much because i'd come off like the strapping young lad and being like i'm so dumb i don't like i don't like smart people music and i was like Okay, it can it can maybe get too dumb for me too. That's kind of that's kind of <laughs> yeah. nice to know. <laughs> I did listen to Nightwish when I was really a kid. I remember I had a, I had a teenage friend that pointed me at them, I so that I was like, "Oh, this do is Nightwish at all? I just can't. It's so bad." <laughs> okay, so but Polly, much. Polly, yeah, that first Evanescence album still jams. I'm not gonna say it doesn't. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Fallen. Okay. Fallen is an album that I will... I'll go to bat for. I'll go... Look, you know what? You're talking to somebody who just... It's right the, on that line, though. Who just in the last cheesy. week... Who just in the last week... I dropped a fucking hot take on Twitter so scorching it burned the servers down and I said that Nickelback's first two albums are still good. Okay? <laughs> so I will go to bat for Evanescence's Fallen. <laughs> okay. I think usually the... The simplest explanation for why something is like lastingly popular is that they at one point did something, made something really good. So like, if Nickelback is like connected with a billion people, mm-hmm. even though it's terrible across the board, then it makes sense to me that I haven't listened to any of them. Um, it make it would make sense to me that they did something special and then moved forward. Like, like you pointed me at that first like Smash Mouth album before their <laughs> that album. And then they great. They did not play the song that. She pointed me at that was really good. The you know whatever oh. the one they played they played Walking on the Sun, which I hadn't heard before. Somehow they just released like I I like in in recommending you that album, I found out that they did a um uh an anniversary release of the album, but they re-recorded mm-hmm. everything um uh acoustically, uh, and I was right. I was uh, really oh, surprised okay. at how good it was. It's like that's a really good version of Fushu Mang. That's a pretty damn that's good. That's really uh, cool. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> that's super fun. Um, the best musical experience I had, of course, the one I listened through twenty times, was that I made a Heaven's Feel playlist and then listened to it every day for like three weeks. Um, okay, abort, abort. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's just <laughs> music corner. Yep, that was my music <laughs> corner. That that was really fun. I had never done like a fanfic playlist before. Yeah. Oh my god. We we bail right here. This is where we go. <laughs> Fanfic really lists are where I draw a fucking line. What where do you draw a line? Fanfic playlists. Like get oh out of here. <laughs> like it it recontextualizes like every song and then it oh like my. builds up to my two favorite NIN out songs period. So it's just like, oh yay. This is fun. So well, oh, this I is John getting into other things but via Fate. So, like, he, you want to know the next step is to make a mod for St- Fate, Stay Night, Heaven's Feel, that puts that music into it in key scenes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so then that's how you learn modding. 
pretty sure it's as simple as just replacing the MP3 files. I know. I didn't think that one too through too much, but I think it would be really funny. Oh, and then then when the movies are out, you can make an AMV. That's a good point. Oh, don't don't worry. That's on the that's, that's, <laughs> that's on the dog. Thing around that. <laughs> Listening oh, Garden in the chat gave me a little bit of a heads up. A funny thing is uh, that she mentions that you know what's on each character's MP3 player oh, uh, in her lullaby, and that gives me ample opportunity to mention. We just announced a brand new video game uh, this past Monday. Myself and John Thayer. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Afterward. And if you haven't played her lullaby, uh, you should probably go do that beforehand. Because, oh, as you might, as you might guess... I another game as before you might, this new one? It's so confusing. It's so confusing. confusing. <laughs> the, the her lullaby chronology is a little out there, I know. It's a huge ask for people. <laughs> Oh god, You do also have to play all the Kingdom Hearts games before you can play appreciate afterward. Taco <laughs> is totally a pop rock slut though. Absolutely. Just anything that is popular and has like you know, she's that type of person where if you asked her what kind of music she likes, I like it I like music, it's got a good beat to it. <laughs> <laughs> John, what is what does Sal listen to? Fuck. Uh, uh, no, no, sorry, I'm not smart enough for this one. <laughs> I, I, I could have, I can pick out more pop rock ones for. We, we planned out maybe. a lot of stuff for this get for this carry for these characters in universe, but they're MP3 players. God damn it, that's the one thing we forgot. Ori listens to Doc Doco. Oh yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm glad that none of them are. Well, I like everything except rap and country. <laughs> the most boring, milk toast, uh, fucking music opinion in the on the planet that Rhett has. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually the one that invented that musical taste. It's like boring musical taste. Like I like everything except rap and country. Is is the throwing up a peace sign and a <laughs> selfie of 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 just that of music tastes. Like those two I things, mean, those two things annoy me more than anything. For what it's worth, I listen to much less than just not rap and country. Like I don't listen to any like pop music either. Oh, that's great. Oh, you it's your taste is so boring. <laughs> I, I like thank you scientist. Yeah, that's prog rock, right? <laughs> Like everything else like I like. fucking everything else you listen to. <laughs> Look, I'm very easy to recommend music for because you know exactly right away. Yeah, that is true. Like, I can I can come across a new band and know exactly, like, oh, I know Rhett will like this because it's the songs are way too long and it's way too self-indulgent <laughs> and way too you up its own ass. You sent me that Hakan record. I know. Hakan? <laughs> Haken. Okay, Haken. okay, okay, okay. Taco and Lori would listen to Carly Rae Jepsen and oh, feel a lot of feelings together. <laughs> and then Taco tries to get Sal to listen to Carly Rae Jepsen and she just has none of it. Yeah, I, she, I can see that. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. That's, no thanks. That's cute. Yeah. Have you listened to My Bloody Valentine? That's Sal. That's yeah, it. Sal is probably the My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Of the two. Yeah. What a weird conversation. <laughs> Is it though? What a weird line to go down. It's so weird. 
Hey, John, what bands do Fate Stay Night characters like? Oh, my God. I only <laughs> interpreted their entire... I interpreted every character exclusively through the lens of Nine Inch Nails songs. I didn't include any <laughs> other bands. I know. <laughs> That's just been the pit I've been in lately. Uh, so I can tell you everything as long as it's exclusively through the lens of Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> like, you laughed when I said Archer was hurt. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want off of this topic of discussion <laughs> right the fuck now. Alright. Alright, so I think that's John's music corner. Rhett! Hi. What have you been up to? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't fucking know. I played a bunch of small games and like nothing really big stuck this week. Oh, wow. Uh, I played through the original Gravity Rush. Oh, and okay. I- it's like, I really liked it, but I don't have a ton to say about it, because it's like, mm, yes, I see how to set the stage for the second one, which, which is like way more. better, and was one of my top ten games of the last year. <laughs> it's like, the first game is just so weird, because it just feels like it rushes so much. Like, I guess that's a criticism I had of the second one, too, except the second one is like three times longer. Mm-hmm. So this one just has kind of like one arc instead of three, and mm-hmm. it just and it still rushes through it. <laughs> Like, I kind of thought it would give itself more time to breathe than it. Because I apparently, like, development was rushed to reach the launch of the Vita. Yeah. Because originally it was a Vita game. And it had all sorts of weird motion control stuff in it. Because everybody loves that. Yeah. Like, God, oh, that is the context I originally heard about it in. Like, yeah. Either. So, like, on the PS4 version, there's. You can aim with the controller, and it turns it on by default. So, like,. You know, spinning your PS4 controller is not particularly a great feeling, but then you can also, you know, use the right analog stick way better. Yeah, it is Gravity uh, Days in Japan, and I like that name way better. Yeah, they're. I think they're both fine. G-A-Z-E? Uh, yeah. Daze? Yeah, Gravity Daze. Daze. <laughs> You're a witch. Mm. <laughs> Actually, I think they do call one of the characters a witch, like Gravity Witch. Anyways, uh, they don't resolve a ton of the plot lines, which is something I already knew for having played everything in two, is like mm-hmm. how often they would be like, oh, yes, those res- those uh, kidnapped children that we never actually finished dealing with from the first game. Let's go do that now. And it's like, wait, did anything get resolved in the end of the first game? And the answer is kind of not. <laughs> like, it's really really kind of rushes at the end. Like, there's an area of the city that you literally never go to that's in two, though. Oh. But it's, like, you see it in the first game super briefly. It's it's a weird kind of mess, but, like, I love that series. I hope... Well, I guess I don't think I don't think... Third one. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to be seeing any more of that, unfortunately, I don't think. Because I think they did kind of wrap up the first... Or the second game, you know, really wrapped everything up that it had to. The funny thing, though, is, like, in the second game, when you meet these characters from the first game again, like, they act like the, they have this huge, long history, and I was kind of like, oh, I gotta play the first game to kind of get to know who these characters are, and then you play the first game, and they have, like, two scenes each, and it's like, wait, no, you're in the second game way more. It's just... <laughs> and, like, every side quest in the first game was apparently sold as DLC on the Vita version. Oh, so, oh. like, they're all named, like, oh, the Special Forces Pack, or, like, the, the Maid Pack, 
Like they were sold as like these four dollar expansions that mm. came with like two missions in a costume. It's just like man, that and those are literally the only side quests besides like so there's the main quest and then the uh you know, like kind of boring stuff like, oh, defeat enemies in thirty seconds or rush through the city. Like the real kind of basic open world stuff. Like races and killing enemies. What's really funny listening to is that I still have really no idea what Gravity Rush actually is or how it plays. <laughs> Just after all this time. Uh, it's like momentum like flight stuff. It's okay, like, so I guess I will talk about how <laughs> basically your characters can fall in any direction. You affect which grav which direction gravity points. Oh, so... like Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archives. Oh boy. <laughs> so like Just if you like lo- that. <laughs> if you look at a building and point and kind of point your gravity powers towards it you will then lift off the ground you're standing on and then fall towards that building and when you hit it you'll start standing on the side of the building because gravity is pushing you into it you know cool and then that's a good that's a good setup yeah it like works really well for kind of able being able to navigate yourself through a 3d space and then the enemies you use lots of dive kicks basically so kind of automatic <laughs> It's seriously like dive kick the game where it'll kind of automatically point gravity towards the enemy and then you'll dive kick into them. And the one thing that's really annoying, and both games have this issue, is flying enemies will love to jump out of the way, at which point you'll just go flying past them and have to reorient (laughs) yourself. What if you point it at the sky? You will just start falling straight up for a while. Oh, man. Yeah. Do you just ultimately die or... I think eventually, like, it'll kick in and be like, no, 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 get the you, hell back you down there. You can't fucking do that. I'm a video <laughs> game. I've got limits. <laughs> but there is, there's a boss fight in this one where you fall for, like, several minutes in, like, this huge area. And it's actually really hard because the character's trying to kill you while you do that. Oh, good. Yeah, it's like, it was like, mm, yes, I haven't had some good quality jank in my video game for a while. Because you're trying to... <laughs> You're trying to fall really fast, but then you're having lasers shot at you, and you're trying to air dodge out of the way of them, and it doesn't work quite as well as it should. But again, like a lot of stuff in the second game was like, you guys are going for it. It doesn't work that well, but you guys are going for it. Like, I, I can I, appreciate, I appreciate the effort here. That. Like, the, there's the Leviathan fight in Final Fantasy 15, which doesn't <laughs> work. It, nothing is that bad. But that fight just is straight up broken. I think most everything doesn't work in Final Fantasy XV. Oh, I gotta show you a video <laughs> of this fight sometime. And just... <laughs> Basically true. It is going for it. So I get it the comparison. It is going for it, and it doesn't work, but like I appreciate stuff that goes for it, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like you had, the, ball, you had the balls to yeah. do it. You might not have had the technique, but I like the gravitas. Yeah, basically. Uh, and then wh- real quickly, one other game I played was The Fall. Mm-hmm. Which is you fall for si- several minutes while dodging lasers. Actually, it's a weird coincidence. <laughs> weird. Yeah, the game... you, you got a lot going on thematically this this time. I didn't even think about that. Oh, and then yeah, the next one that you'll get to. Yep, we'll get to that one. Uh, so the fall is kind of a side view adventure game where you play as the suit of a military guy who is in bad shape. Mm. So the suit's AI kicks in, and it's like. My pilot is unconscious. I have to save my pilot. And, like, kind of starts taking control on its own to do whatever it can to reach, you know, help mm. for the pilot. 
And I played this game because it won Best Story on Giant Bomb a mm-hmm. couple of years huh. ago. So I kind of got spoiled on how it ends. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then I kind of played this game and I realized there's not a whole lot much more to it because it's kind of an episodic thing. But then they took like four years to get the sequel out. Oh. Like, The Fall 2 only came out, like, last yeah, year. Was, yeah, I, I, when you said you were playing it, I looked it up on Steam and I saw The Fall 2, and I was like, wait, shit, that just came out. It just, yeah. And then they briefly considered nominating it for Most Disappointing. Ooh. Oh, no. Because apparently they didn't like the two nearly as much. But, so, one of the things that drives me nuts in the first game is that it's an adventure game. Like, it is straight up use item on thing in kind of unconventional way adventure game logic so, does, yeah. it's not universal yeah mm-hmm. and it's not so i'm not gonna slam the adventure game part but what drove me nuts is the interface of because it's a side scrolling view game what's so annoying is that you have to kind of point at stuff with your flashlight mm-hmm. in order to interact with it and that just like, it's kind of, you know, right analog controls, which never feel great in a side view game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of be walking with your flashlight all the time out mm-hmm. to kind of point at stuff and then, like, click square or, you know, click X on it. And then defaults to cancel for some damn reason. So oh, then no. you have to left over to interact and then tab through these menus and then don't let go or don't hit circle because then you'll jump and it'll cancel all the menus out. And it's just like, it doesn't feel good like ever that sounds like some real bad game feel yeah because i remember when i I think when i briefly played like 15 minutes a a year ago like i was using mouse and keyboard and i don't think that was any better either weird but i think the adventure so the adventure game stuff did drive me crazy because it is kind of weird convoluted logic Mm -hmm. but i think that actually works in the story of the game because what your character, your you know, the AI you're playing as is doing is supposed to be crazy. Yeah. Because other characters are like, so basically every other character is also an AI, but they are all like, you are malfunctioning. This is not normal. This isn't you something should... you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're solving these puzzles of like, a, a huge punch portion of the game is like you going through a testing facility to prove that you're functional. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it's like, there's a puzzle that's like, there's a child on a swing set, push the child, and instead you, like, tie a rope to them and swing them, like, 50 miles an hour, and they go flying off into a wall. <laughs> and it's, like, it's weird stuff like that. I can't really think of any off the top of my head, but, like, you're... Or there's one where, like, help this old lady across the street, and, like, you do it by overloading the motor so that she just goes flying over the cars. <laughs> so, like, a lot of these puzzle solutions, though, I was never going to figure out myself. Because, again, with the whole flashlight thing, a lot of the time when I would be stuck and I was like, I don't know what to do, and I would look and it would be like, oh, I literally just didn't see part of the solution up here, like on the ceiling, this one little place you have to shine the flashlight. And that's super annoying when the game isn't yeah. even presenting you like all the yeah. keys. That's very pixel hunty and a big problem I have with adventure yeah. games. Yeah, mm. and it, this is a super dark adventure game. Mm. But yeah, so it it was an okay time. Like, 
I'm not a huge fan of that genre. I think this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. It just kind of bounced off me, unfortunately. But I figured I'd talk about it. Was it the best story of the year? That's the thing, because I knew how it ends. Like, like the moment kind of got sucked yeah. away from you. Like, everything that, like, you were kind of going into that game, pinning your hopes on, had already, like, that was yeah. that was it. You already knew yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said, like, because the game is only, like, a couple hours long, like, it that was kind of the whole thing about it originally. Mm-hmm. And then there's the sequel that apparently disappointed. Because, oh, yeah, there's also combat in this game. Which it really didn't need to have at all. Mm. It's so weird because it starts off with like this super janky feeling like cover system. Oh no. That just does not feel good at all. And then again, like you're kind of slowly aiming up to pop enemies in the head, which just does way more damage. But then like again, this is like maybe four hour game, an hour in, you get a stealth modifier, which literally makes your suit invisible. So you don't have to do cover anymore because if you just hit left bumper anywhere, you will go invisible and enemies won't be able to see you. Wow, it sounds like like, we had a mechanic and we realized it wasn't good, but we already implemented it and don't want to take it out. So we'll just make it completely pointless. so (laughs) weird. Like it ends up being more difficult to fight around cover because it'll default to going into cover. But then like, so I'll hit left bumper and thinking I'll go invisible Instead, I'll duck behind the cover, but then my head is still sticking out because I didn't have hit A to duck down once I'm in the cover. Like, shit like that, where it's just like, ugh. That sounds unintuitive as fuck. Yeah, it's a lot of buttons that probably could have been streamed up. Not ideal. And I think... <clears throat> sorry. I think the second game focuses more on combat. <laughs> that probably has something stuff. to do with it being disappointing, then. <laughs> I might be entirely wrong. I don't, you know, I hate to mischaracterize games, Obviously. but yeah. I just know the second game unfortunately didn't seem to light the world on fire, which is kind of the tale of indie sequels lately. Yeah. Or like not not the ones coming up this year though. This oh. year they're all going <laughs> to kick ass. Every all the big ones. Yep. So Polly, yo, yeah fall into anything yeah it fell into a big old hole right really yeah it was a big old hole but we're we're lucky though a because is a big hole you're down here and john's yeah. down here and mm. the entire chat is down here with us in this hole in this lovely beautiful hole it's a wonderful little hole society we have What's the hole? It's it's the hole. The hole is it's a donut hole. Oh, yes. Uh, it comes courtesy of Donut County. Hey, is Nifty. one of those games where I would say, "Oh man, this is delightful." <laughs> uh, <laughs> donut County is a game where you move a hole and you suck things into the hole. You make the hole bigger and to get other things inside the hole. Like, it's basically, like, uh, uh, very similar to what you would see from a Katamari Damashi, but there's no, like, time element in... It's like an inverted version of that. Yeah, yeah. You suck up stuff, and you get bigger as the whole, but then you make the town minimalism. Like, you just suck up everything. Yeah, like... <laughs> Instead okay, of putting it all something... into one. Hmm. Something funny related to this game, I saw a game of this idea on one of those awful Facebook iOS ad game ads mm-hmm. 
And then I clicked and downloaded it because I was like, this is going to be bad, but this premise is so good. And I played it for a little while and I was like, God, this feels so awful and janky. I really wish there was just a good version of this. And I downloaded the the jank ass 2048 ripoff version of Donut County that made $10 million or something. Mm -hmm. So then I got to find out that this game exists and it's much better and it feels good. And like, oh, now I can actually play this. I saw an article like about Donut County saying like, "What does it feel like to have your game cloned before it even comes out?" And I'm yeah, like, "Oh, jeez!" Like the story behind this game is so fucked. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna? You know where it comes from, right? Yeah, the it comes play. from the the Sonic Dreams people. Oh no, I was yeah. gonna. It's this game is based on a tweet by Peter Molly Do. Yeah, it's <laughs> also based on a tweet by Peter Molly Do. Yeah, he just where he said a game where you play as a whole, and somebody mm-hmm. went. That's dumb. Let's do it. Like, and I saw this previewed at E3 um, on uh, like the there's a PC games conference that sometimes runs during E3, and this game was previewed on it like three years ago, and I, so I saw that idea kind of in its infancy um, mm-hmm. uh, when it debuted there, uh, and that's kind of how I knew about the game. But then the game eventually comes out, and it, it's a marvelous little game that again it's very cathartic. Like, I played this yeah. after a pretty stressful week, and at the end of the week, I was like, this is not the weekend where I want to get into fucking anything. Let's just play Donut County and see where it takes us, and I finished the whole thing in a couple hours, and I felt really good afterward. Because it feels That's real good. exactly it what feels, I did last Sunday. It feels real good to put things in your hole. <laughs> I'm sorry for walking all over your joke there. <laughs> <laughs> like sex. Yeah, exactly! John gets it. John knows what I'm talking about. He's had sex. So yeah, Donut County, it's a fun little sucky hole game. And the thing that you don't (laughs) expect going into this game is that it's got some really good puzzle mechanics. Oh. Like, it it turns into a puzzle game in fairly short order to where you have to kind of use the the various interactions the hole has with certain objects. Like, say, like, you have to suck up water, and then you have to, like, use that to move things around, or if you need to get rid of the water, you need to have a bird drink it, and then you can move the hole again, and that's how you, like, drain the water in a certain area. Um, Cool. I would... I would say I wouldn't consider it like super puzzly though. No, it's 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 like I the puzzles it was come like, the puzzles come when I feel they need to. It's very yeah. well paced. I thought it was more like, well, the whole game can't be just, just mindless yeah. whole stuff. We have to do something to make it a little bit of a game. And they put in like just enough. Yeah, yeah. Until it, the it, ending, and then the ending gets weird. The ending is bonkers and they they go a weird place with they go it. red they, <laughs> they go basically me. do yeah they go completely nuts with it at the end but i think they earn it just because of how stupid yeah. the whole thing is it's so stupid like this is the dumbest game ever in a great way yeah like the the, the entire premise of the game is that you you are like like it there's there's this raccoon and he's got he he he, he runs a donut store and if you order donuts he sends the hole to your house and just sucks everything up into it. But he's doing it for a reason. He's doing it for a reason. He's got to level up to level 10 to get his gyrocopter. <laughs> quadcopter! He's got to get his quadcopter. He's very stoked about the quadcopter. Um, but, um, 
Concerning the story, though, like, I think that the story and the dialogue will probably be a bit hit or miss because it is very, it's very lol, random, and, and non sequitur-ish, and if you're not into that, like, the, 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 every line of dialogue in this game is gonna piss you off, <laughs> because there, there is no such thing in this, in this game as a straight conversation. Nobody, everybody is literally incapable of following a single train of thought. <laughs> Just, like, somebody says something, non sequitur, non sequitur, poop joke, non sequitur, poop joke, non sequitur, non sequitur, it's LOL. LOL, and then you send a thousand duck emojis <laughs> with your yeah. phone. Um, I like the puzzle stuff. I, I liked how crazy it got towards the end with all the puzzle stuff. Like, it felt good. Like, I think that they're really smart, mm. small-scale, little logic puzzles where you see how everything in a room works and how you use it to make this, like, the whole contraption of a room work and then solve the room and move on. Whole contraption. <laughs> Hole contraption. You get a hole contraption and that you can launch things back out of the hole. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that's how you, you, you end up with a, a lot of other puzzle things where you have to, like, shoot things out of the hole to accomplish uh, yeah. certain other things. And it's, just, it's super solid. Like, this game is ridiculously fun. That sounds really nice. It's, like, a really nice time. It's a delightful time. Like, it's the second game I've played this year that I would call a delight. Yes. The first being oh, Wander, man. Wander Song. Song obviously. Wander yeah. Song is very much still on the radar. Yeah. Oh, boy. What, what, what yeah, you, you mentioned this is the Sonic Dreams crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of Bubsy 3D also. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the most important one, Room of a Thousand Snakes. <laughs> Has well, everyone are, here played hey, John, that one? Hey, John, there are yeah. snakes in this game. There are a lot of snakes. Oh, shit! There's, oh, like, a shit. snake level are where there you are just throw it. No. Well, it, it's this sounds like it'll be the second best Esposito game after Room of a Thousand Snakes. <laughs> There's a, the, the 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 another great thing about this game is that every piece of junk you collect goes into the Trashopedia. Yes, <laughs> and um, all of the entries are genuinely hilarious because they are written from a certain perspective that you'll understand once you've played the game. And it's just like the humor that's used in just the fucking Trashopedia is amazing. It just it, like Excellent. every single object has its own description, and almost every single one of them are funny. And it's just like, like five or six words, and they get a lot of humor out of that. Just little small one-line jokes. Excellent. I swear, I laughed out loud more reading the Trashopedia than like almost yeah. any other game ever. Yeah, just just reading the Trashopedia, some of the stuff that you read, it's, it's real good. That game's just a fucking delight, though. Absolutely. Everybody should go put more things in their hole. You'll, you'll feel a lot better. It's true. It's true. It is true, isn't it? Hey, John, yeah. There's a. it should be on phone as well. Yeah, yeah I, I think not, it is. I just noticed actually. that, actually. So, oh, cool, I might actually play it. That was <laughs> basically what I meant. Yeah, I think on, like, Reset Era, it won Best Phone Game because everybody that was voting for it probably played a console version, but it counted yeah. as a phone game. It's just like, oh, hey, that's a, that's a phone game, too? Well, I don't know what I'm penciling in. Cool. Because really, what other phone game's going to win? Grand Blue fucking fantasy. <laughs> Throw Grand Blue in the trash! Get it out of here. Who fucking cares about Grand Blue? <laughs> Only one what? gotcha for me! Azure Lane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that one. That one's got Neptunius uh, 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 collaborations, though. Yeah, it's got mm -hmm. Neps in it. Yeah. 
Oh, that's what it takes for y'all, huh? That's all it takes. It still wasn't enough for me to actually play the game, so... No, no, <laughs> so you have some it. measure, a modicum of self-respect. I appreciate that. Yeah, there's that Rob Zombie mobile game, too. Dragula Lost. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck Dragula Lost. Throw that game in the trash! <laughs> Garbage! Oh, no, I, I smell a segue. I think I know where John Thayer's trying to go with this. I don't actually... No, all right. I played. I play, I didn't play that much Fate Grand Order, but I've been playing it every day a little bit for ten days for like two weeks. I didn't play it a lot, but I sure did play it for two weeks. No, every it's a day. it's a it's a gotcha game. That just means it's like Animal Crossing. It means you can literally only, only play it for five minutes a day because you're limited. You have to pay okay. like, to play more. It's like Animal Crossing, except they want to destroy your life <laughs> directly. <laughs> Not your life, just your wallet. Just give us your wallet and your credit card number. Mm-hmm. And then gamble we'll it all the way until you're... Jade makes into... of cute girls. Yeah. Yeah. Not and cute boys. Jade has cute boys. Um, but yeah, it's cute. Um, it's, it is amazing how much it's just identical to Dragalia. Like, everything... All of the mechanisms, like, for progression... Yeah, and the it's way all it's built from the same engine. story... <laughs> What were you going to say, Polly? It's all built from the same engine. Not the same engine, but the same... I mean, they're different companies, different everything. Um, Grand Blue and Dragalia are the same people, but Fate Grand and Order is a totally different Oh, thing. I thought they were in charge of all three of those. <clears throat> no. I just think every mobile game, whatever monetization scam they use, like it's all the same shit with like energy and crystals and shit. Yeah, yeah. but like the, the, the way they divide up the resources, the way that they structure the actual gotcha mechanic <laughs> the way that they have the little vn segments with the and the act divvied up with the action it's identical and they are different get completely different games and devs it makes i want to know what the what the like patient zero of this was i don't know if it was grand blue or if it was something else mm. it uh, might have been contact collection god oh god that's the oldest one i can think of yeah so so because i played a bunch of dragalia um Fate Grand Order is like immediately familiar. I'm in the middle of the second arc, the second chapter now. Um, the first arc was written by Nasu, so it was good. And then the second one is written by the author of Fate Apocrypha. And oh, it's good. all centered around Jean of Arc, my favorite character. It's really fun. Um, but then there's like four more arcs by other folks, including Higashide again. And then it ends with like three Nasu arcs that have, are apparently being adapted into animes. Like, they're adapting those, the ending chapters oh. of Fate Grand Order, but not all these other ones before it. It's and, so confusing. And that's what everyone will like, say when the anime a bunch comes of out. Stage play adaptation picks. Oh, damn. For the Nasu. I like, I like, this, I like this John take in the chat right now from Ballas. She's basically just better Saber. <laughs> I like that take. <laughs> I like that there's one thing about fate John hates. <laughs> fucking John of Arc. <laughs> fucking hate her guts. She's a terrible character. Throw her in the garbage. Hate her. John is just all about that garbage can this week. Just get it out of here. Ugh. Ugh. So I saw stage play added. The One of the um, oh Nasu arcs at the end is Babylonia. Here come um, headphones. And it's all about Gilgamesh and Enkidu. <laughs> and... Caster Gilgamesh, who is specifically oh Caster Gilgamesh, who is shirtless and very cute, and he has just a big old man crush with Enkidu, who is a 
um, gender ambiguous clay cute boy. Not not boy. They a very cute they, and they have a big old crush together. And I'm invested in it because it started in Fate Strange Fake. Fate Strange Fake, which is the light novel by the Bacchano author, and they have a bunch of cute relationship stuff there. So I'm very excited about the Gilgamesh and Kido stuff, and I'm going to keep playing for that. Um, so my hope is that the story at the very end makes up for all the stuff before that. Um, and then so and then I'll be happy with my time spent with Fate Grand Order. Yay. Yay. That's all I have to say. It's not, well, wait, no. Um, it's instead of being like Dragalia Lost was like this really weird, clunky action game thing, and then Fate Grand Order is just a side view RPG battle system with no other action components whatsoever. So it feels much e- better to play than Dragalia did because Dragalia is mushy garbage. <laughs> so those are all my fate takes for Grand Order. Cool. I did do one other thing. What, what else actually, did you only, do? I, I thought Polly was actually going to take her headphones off for the I thought, show. I, oh, I, I did. did. I did. Don't worry. Yeah, okay. Um, I only finished one story in the last, like, two weeks, actually. Oh, damn. Like, yeah, I tried to finish Flip Flappers for the cartoon, for the this podcast, and then I was like, no, mm. not quite there. Not going to do it. Um, finish a book, and then I... It started Danganronpa V3, and I'm really enjoying it so far, but that's... That's I, a I long game. That's a long game, but it's a good one. You're finally reading a good visual novel. Yeah. And taking frequent breaks to play a bad one on his <laughs> phone. Ugh. <laughs> you uh, got to the good part of Chapter 2 last night and then just went silent. Yeah, I just, like, literally to went to go play dumb fate bullshit. No, I felt... I went. I, I got to the. I got to the death, and then I went to sleep. <laughs> like, oh, this has been a nice time, but I'm very sleepy now. Let's go to bed. It's, it's ten o'clock. I'm done for the night. Oh, <laughs> my delicate constitution can't handle any more Angan Rampa. Um, well, not after that death. That one. That one's unfortunate. Oh. It's a great way. Great way to get to the body, it, though. I like how they got to the body on that one. <laughs> I love that reveal. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, that chapter one, huh? Chapter one, boy, oh boy, that one's a doozy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> so many complicated <laughs> feelings. Heart. It was perfect. It was just the way I kind of wanted it to go down. <laughs> like, I was halfway through, and I was like, I have an image of how this might resolve, and I, I don't know if they're ballsy enough to go for it. Oh, they were! <laughs> they were ballsy enough to go for it! Yeah, like, we, we have a, a private DM conversation going with myself, John, Rhett, and a couple other people. John made the call of the big uh, kind of twist in Chapter 1 of... Uh, Danganronpa V3, and we, like, it was everything to just keep my fucking mouth shut and not say a word. It's like, I just noped the fuck out of that conversation, just like, nope, I'm not saying <laughs> nothing. It wasn't, like, any cool deduction reasoning or, or anything, it was just like, what would be the coolest way to, for them to start the third uh-huh. game of their series? And, and they literally oh, did that? it! Yep. So I felt very good about that. We're going to have oh, to get God, around to God, doing Danganronpa yeah. spoiler casts at some point. Just yeah, so we can we talk really about this do. shit. <laughs> hey, John, here's a heads up. Don't ever think that this game won't go for it. Yeah, this <laughs> game's always going to fucking go for it. <laughs> it is admirable 
just how much go for it Danganronpa V3 has. Oh my God. I mean, they kind of say that with that intro, though, huh? Yeah, they basically <laughs> do. <laughs> yeah, Tonto says, Danganronpa, never get attached to anything. Like you, but that doesn't that work because you always do. Yeah, you, they, they can't. They don't get you. They keep getting you. It's hard to be cynical <laughs> and play one of these games because the characters they're likable. Mm-hmm. The moments you get with them, and 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 like whether it be through the little bonding moments or just how they progress through the story and change over time, they're very smart. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It is an emotional manipulation I can get behind. <laughs> yeah, it's basic. It's a melodrama like generate meat grinder. Yeah, like they just throw <laughs> ingredients in, and out comes the feelings. <laughs> just throw in a few dead high school students, and oh, boom! Jesus. There you go. Chugga 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 chugga. <laughs> like that. That. Like that's the whole thing with Danganronpa is that the death high school courtroom murder mystery thing is like a very contrived and like not contrived in the sense of like a bad sense, but in the sense of like, it takes a lot of setup to explain why this ridiculous scenario is happening. Yeah. And then it's, they get to that point because that scenario is so good at generating feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, I very much like Danganronpa a lot. Yeah. It's good shit. It is good shit. Yeah. Since I only have one thing, um, I think I'll wait until the next one. So how about who's, who's next in the queue? I would be Rhett. Okay. Hey. hey, Rat, what have you been up to? Um, I finished a game called Omen Sight. Mm. This is the sequel, or not a sequel, but kind of a spiritual sequel. It's the same universe and the same developers as a game I talked about on the podcast a year or two ago mm-hmm. with my favorite name ever. It's called Stories, colon, The Path of Destinies. <laughs> oh Destinies. my god, yeah. I remember this. Oh man! This is a game that had a good concept, but its execution was a might flawed. I'm a little bit flawed. Like I still look back on that game fondly, but mm-hmm. basically, stories: the path of destinies is the game where every choice you make leads to a different ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, there's the opening choice has like three results, and I think each of those can branch into like 16 endings or something. So there's around, I think that's how it works. So there's like about 50 endings because then there's the one true ending. Yeah, it's, so the basic, problem, it's basically Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I was so... Like, every time you play through that game, you're, like, kind of amazed at how they weave the story based around your choices to kind of have you still going to the same, like, five locations over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just how everything goes to shit no matter what you do in such a cool, clever way. Like, the endings of that game get so wild. Like, you can't really reasonably get them all yourself, but then you can watch a YouTube video and be like, what? How the hell did you... it end up there? But my problems with that game was that the combat got really re- repetitive by the end. Because you play through the game like at least five times mm-hmm. to get to the end. And they do stuff like kind of give you new abilities. I'm not sure if you got new abilities, but they kind of increase the difficulty of the enemies on subsequent playthroughs. So you're not just doing the literal exact same stuff. Yeah, it's kind of um, a big problem with Icy and trying to do yeah. this unlockable stuff. The other problem was that the true ending wasn't really like your standard, like, everything works out true ending. It was... It's the one ending where you don't die. Oh, good. <laughs> so your your character got away successfully in that, 
ending, but like the war and everything, like it still went to shit as I remember. So it was it was kind of unsatisfying. It was just like, oh well, this wasn't any more or less satisfying than like any of the other endings, except for the fact that your character sur- survived yeah. this one. There's kind of some art arty to that though, which I can appreciate. Yeah. So, Omen Sight has similar narrative hooks, but it's a little more streamlined this time. Mm-hmm. Basically, at the start of the game. You have two, so they frame it as a murder mystery, and it's not really a murder mystery, but it's kind of the hook where there's these two warring nations, and this priestess who was supposed to be kind of a neutral party has been murdered, and that ends up somehow causing the end of the world. So you've got one day to figure out, yeah. So you you play as the harbinger who doesn't care about these two armies. He only cares about, or she only cares about, stopping the end of the world. Hmm. So you can choose to kind of follow these characters along their the last day of their life, basically, and like pick up information that hopefully will lead to you being able to stop the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that they think is related to the murder of this priestess. Hmm. So as you go, like chapter one is pretty straightforward where it's like, oh, you follow one character and then you learn something from them and then you use that in the other path to kind of unlock chapter two. And what happens is that you gain evidence so that when you restart the day and talk to these characters, you can then present your evidence to them and they will, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a magical yeah, version where like yeah. it teleports into their brain and they will just automatically know that you're telling the truth. Hmm. Okay. So what that means is that you're not actually starting from the actual start every time. Like, these characters, they see the evidence that you present, and they're like, oh, okay, this changes things. Let's go do this to try and stop the end of the world. And I think this kind of makes the plot of the game flow much better, because you're not always starting over every single time. Like, there's a couple stages, so, like, there's, you know, four acts. So by the time you're at the end of the fourth act, like, you have so much evidence to show them of what's really going on here. Right. And, Mm -hmm. like, the stakes kind of keep raising. And, like, in Chapter 1 and 2, you only have three characters that you can possibly start with, but then in 3 and 4, you have four characters, and then some of those paths will also have a second choice to take down them, where it's like, do you want to present your evidence to a second character that you meet along the way, or do you just want to fight them? Hmm. And I found this one kind of bad-ending path that was, like, hilarious, where you go to the general of one of these armies, present their evidence, and she's like, okay, let's take this to the Emperor... So you go to the emperor, and she's like, "Okay, show them, show the emperor what you showed me." And you don't, and you just stab him, and what? she's just like, "What the hell? <laughs> what the fuck was that?" She's like, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> That's a pretty so fucked then, up thing to do. That seems a little out of nowhere. Well, like, because every because he was going to attack you, like it, it was, it's framed as kind of self defense. Okay. Uh huh. But basically, it's like, do you want to end this boss fight, or do you want to go through with this boss fight? Mm. But then at the end of that path, like, she takes you to the vault, and the sword's not there. And she's like, you knew all along the sword wasn't in here, was it? And then she just attacks you, and she's the final boss. Oh, that's Like, your partner crazy. character. That's like, fucked. So there's, cool. there's some funny bad endings in it. It sounds like kind of a little bit of that zero escape. Yeah, it's a little zero like, escape. fuckery? Kind of, yeah. Cause... Good kind of fuckery? I mean, I guess so, because, again, those are games where you're kind of hopping around timelines and stuff and seeing different outcomes based on what you do. Yeah. 
So like in this like that. once you get new evidence, like it kind of progresses things forward and you can't go back until the very end, but I'll get to that. So main problem with stories was that the end game path didn't kind of go big and resolve things. Mm. This game doesn't have that problem. <laughs> the the end game path has a has a new final level, which I was really appreciative of because you know, again, there's only like four or five locations that you're kind of going through over and over, and the gameplay feels much better to play than stories did. But again, like if you play for like three hours straight, like I did, it starts to get a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. So the last area is very good, and then they have a final boss that has still like three phases. Mm-hmm. Like it goes real big in kind of a crazy way, like you stopping this apocalyptic force to. Say, stop the end of the world. You stop. And so you do... You, spoilers, you save the world. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... And then they had to stay true to their vision, basically. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. So because your character is the neutral party, again, they never gave a shit about the war going on. Mm-hmm. So the ending is basically like... Everything that happened like before you showed up kind of then continues to play out because mm-hmm. you were kind of you weren't interacting with these characters you've grown to know through all these loops. Mm-hmm. They kind of just did what they did in the original loop, mm-hmm. which which was die. <laughs> oh so, no! So the ending is like, oh yeah, so this character was killed here like they were originally. This character died here, and you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> So, like, you have this big explosive finale followed by an epilogue where everybody dies. Yay! This is great! It's like our and bread was... and butter is literally everyone dies. Well, here's the thing, John. Yeah? Video games can be changed after they're released now. Oh, no! Oh, <laughs> no! Did they do a, did they do a fucky-wucky? I don't necessarily hate this, but I was actually having played the first game, mm-hmm. I was uh-huh. like, yeah, that ending fixed with your guy's style. And then I happened to see, like, right before I was going to uninstall the game, it was, like, a post from, like, a couple months ago, and, like, five months after the game came out, saying the second ending was now live. What? What? Yeah. So basically, after you beat the game and get this bad, en- this kind of bad ending, or the original ending, the game is like, "Oh, are you are you unsatisfied with that? Okay, um, okay, maybe we'll have another path that you can take." So there's, if you get all the evidence in every scenario, so you have to play the game a little bit more. We'll open up a new path. Oh Jesus! And that one, you save the world again, and it's weird because it kind of jump cuts. T- past the the final stage mm-hmm. uh-huh. which was like kind of a weird thing to do in a game that is all about replaying content over and over so it doesn't uh-huh. have like the huge narrative like intense build up it just jump cuts you to the final boss mm-hmm. and in his third phase but then the <laughs> ending is much more satisfying for all the other characters right so I was like I don't know didn't, it didn't feel too bad. I think they worked it in pretty good, but it also is funny to see a game just kind of not stay true to its ideal. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, now it's the definitive edition. We're like, done for now. We're fucking, done for real now. You fucking Detroit become human that shit. Uh, no, nothing, nothing is that, that bad. bad. That was 
we literally don't understand the metaphor of our own game, Dad. <laughs> We're so sorry you felt bad about losing your slave. We'll get you another slave. We'll yeah. Another. It's not that bad. It's just people really didn't want every character to die. It sounds like, like I can play up to that point and then be like, okay, this was what they originally put out. Yeah, so I, I would probably have... be happy with that, mostly because I'm, I'm pretty okay with everybody dying. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. that about me. Yeah, just in life, actually. Yeah, just in general. <laughs> like, not even in video games. It's like, yo. <laughs> it, it just seemed like a weird gut punch at the end of the game that didn't need to be there originally, and then they kind of... Perhaps. I would probably need to... I would, I would need to see it in context, personally. I kind of laughed and then was like, okay, game. And then I found... Almost didn't know that there was a new ending. That's so mm. funny. That, yeah. I I rag on that, but I did play Arafel, which would have had which had like I found out later that the epilogue came out like eight months after the game oh. did, and I was like, there wasn't an ending though. How did you <laughs> stop there? How did you stop before that? I don't understand. <laughs> so oh, sometimes maybe it's okay. <laughs> the devil's advocate there for. George yeah. Lucas in your game. I guess. Yeah. Need to go add three more endings to her lullaby now. We'll get on <laughs> yeah. it. Well, which oh, one God. is the canon ending? We're going to change that. Don't worry. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I guess we are kind yeah. of changing the ending, though. I mean, like, in a way. I. Know. It's a sequel. It's a whole thing. We actually and- did put an update where a... um. Where a robot comes and then pulls you back into the basement at the end. I yeah. knew you were gonna go with Portal. I don't know why. <laughs> it's actually in there. Just uh, just DM me and I'll send you the choices you need to make to get that ending. <laughs> and it can only be got on a Tuesday too. So uh, the yeah. game knows. So I'll have to import my save into afterward. Yeah, you'll have to import your save and then. And then you backport your save back to her lullaby. Oh my god. And then you make a certain set of choices on a Tuesday between <laughs> 2.20 and 2.40pm uh, and that's how you get the, the, the secret ending for uh, nice. her lullaby. The new canon ending. Trust <laughs> us, it makes total sense why you would need to do this. So Polly, what you been up to? What I do, I played. Well, I played this actually a few weeks ago, but I needed. I needed. I didn't talk about it last time because it had just kind of. I just finished it, and it's one of those things where it's just like you kind of want it to digest a little bit. You want to let it see how it's resonating with you a few weeks later. So I finished a very cool. Oh, I get that. A very cool visual novel called The House in Fata Morgana. As a sort of a psychological horror, but it doesn't really re- lean into horror so much. It's just uh, it's just kind of got a really creepy atmosphere about it. Um, you're it, it basically puts you in the role of uh, an amnesiac that kind of stumbles into a mansion and uh, you don't know why you're there, but there's a maid there that kind of assures you that like. For one, this isn't a normal mansion people should be able to find normal people should be able to find their way to. And it's um and and, and she's going to be the key to help you sort of uh, regain your memories as to why you're here, who you are and what you're doing. Um so it's immediately got this like really just completely mysterious and you're like you don't know why you're here and it's just like you just know that you're in this mansion that is by no means normal uh it's supposedly cursed it's always good everybody likes a good cursed mansion story mm-hmm. and uh, this is a good one of those unlike umineko 
<laughs> I was about to say, what about Curse Painting Story? Is uh, Umineko's Garbage. Um, mm. uh, the House in Fata Morgana. It, it's pretty great. So the setup is, is that uh, this maid, this kindly maid, who's obviously in no way important to the story at all, <laughs> who will not give you her name at all, but only wishes to be called The Maid. That's just her name card for most of the game. <laughs> just real great. Just the maid. Good. Um, she's going to help you regain your memories by taking you to various points of the mansion where certain significant events happened or are tied to specific characters and sort of vision questing you through what happened. And each little story that takes place that you go, it's each, uh, each one takes place in a different time period. So the bulk of the game is actually spent less with you interacting with the maid and more of witnessing the stories from these different time periods and these characters, uh, that have obvious significance to the plot. Um, at, at, at like for, for like four and six hours at a time. So you're spending a lot of time with these very cool backstories set across some very unique mm. time periods. Very old, like for, I, I think like the oldest one is from like 1099 AD, and, and it goes up to like 1707 or something. I can't remember the exact dates. Huh. I just know I think okay. I think there's one that's in the late 1800s as well. But you'll have to forgive me if I don't remember the exact dates. Yeah. I just I, I remember. Okay. But they're they're all very significant points in history where. So like, is it like different characters in each one? Because you know, normal people don't aren't living hundreds of years like that. Correct. There are uh, <clears throat> each story is a different cast of characters. Okay. Um, and and yeah. that's really it's also it's it's intimidating and real interesting. Like when you get to that because it's like, am I gonna have to keep track of all these motherfuckers? Like, yeah, you're going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're gonna want to remember all these people because they're they're all very important to the story. Um. <laughs> So throughout all of these these stories, obviously comes tragedy, um, and all of these stories end in some tragic fashion, which is sort of the problem with well, this house. Like with, with this house is that it's cursed, and and there's a reason for that. And they say that the reason is because you know a witch is the one that has brought a curse upon this house. Uh, again, another Umineko similarity, <laughs> yeah. I know, but um, I think and this... the maid is named Beatrice. No, she's not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, she's not. Uh, and, and like another uh, significant thing that you sort of realize very uh, firsthand, like even when you get to the second story, which is like 103 years later, is that this maid has appeared in the first two stories, even though both of them take uh, place 103 years apart and she looks no different. Um, bro, there, bro. There's also the running theme of a character who keeps appearing called the white haired girl. And um, all of these tragedies seem to kind of circle around her or people being involved with her. And there's like a whole big mystery around her and why she keeps appearing in all of these stories as well. And like all of that stuff gets real intriguing. Like when they start like dribbling bits and pieces of the truth in between the doors, every time you come back out, you sort of either wander off on your own or the maid kind of takes off for a second and you're given a few moments to wander around and you sort of see other things happening. Like there's a painting you have a conversation with that is very significant. Um, and it's like, why am I talking to an inanimate object? Well, it's like, because that's a person that's cursed and that's the way they ended up. And then you think, and then it's just like a oh, painter. Uh-huh. Okay. I see how this ties in. You start seeing little pieces of the puzzle fall into place as to why these stories are connected, why this house seems to be cursed. 
and they do a real good job of pointing out why this curse is like a big thing that is I guess I would say deserved in a way mm. um so it spends a lot of time like swaying you to one particular side of seeing this uh I mean I don't even know if you'd call it a conflict it's just they spend one time pushing you to one specific side of this situation where I feel like if you've got any empathy at all like you're on that side you were like yes I very much okay with the things that are happening here, like, I'm down. And then the mm -hmm. game goes into a part that I wasn't super into, because it puts it, it, it puts a lot on itself to try and make you feel empathy for characters, and make you feel sympathy and empathy for characters who, by this point, I already had no sympathy or empathy for, um, because of the actions that you've sort of come <clears throat> to learn over the, you know, the reason why this place is cursed is obviously it involves all of these people for a reason. And then it's just like, mm -hmm. okay, but now why don't we show you why these people did what they did? And why don't we spend like five hours doing that? When mm -hmm. I had already, like when I have, mm -hmm. was already in a place where I had made up my mind, it's just like, no, I really think these people are shitty and they deserve this. <laughs> um, the game spends like five hours trying to, to, to sway you to the other side, I guess, uh, to mm -hmm. kind of like make it seem like they're kind of like, oh look, we're gonna give, we're we're gonna justify everything, and it's like you, it didn't work, it didn't work on me. If that's what you were going for, and I feel like you only needed the last hour of any of that content you gave me there to 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 really be important, because there's really only one major revelation in that five hours of time you spend recounting these scenes that you've already been through, these characters whose motivations you already understand. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just reiterating them. And slowly. And it's like, this is bad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold control and skip through most of this. Yeah. Um, but then the story gets back on track. Uh, it gets past that point, And thankfully... Uh, it resolves itself in the most honest way possible, both to itself and to all parties involved. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting because I really felt like they were trying to go for the quote-unquote true end, everybody lives happily ever after thing. But, um, like, I can't say a lot about yeah. what happens here or why I feel it is very honest. But, like, mm -hmm. when you when you are having the dialogue that you are having and that you've spent having over this course of time where the game's been trying to kind of push you the other way, but you're also still sort of hearing the other side of this um, from more of a first-person perspective, um, I feel that the game ends like in the most honest way possible, and that's really what it fucking sent it over the moon for me is that I'm glad they didn't kind of take that cheesy easy way out mm -hmm. of just making a happy dappy ending just because that's mm -hmm. probably what everybody would want like there's a lot of honesty there's a lot of hurt feelings still left but it's still very satisfying and it makes a lot of sense where they go um with I really it. appreciate that yeah and I really liked it a lot like I can't speak highly and like this is probably like I would definitely probably put this above Stein's Gate at this point huh. and I think wow, cool. and I think Stein's Gate is real fucking good but I think that this kind of like 
I guess I can't say that it melds more with my taste because Steins Gate is obviously my kind of sci-fi shit too. But in terms of like the impact that his story left on me, I think that this one kind of just hits way harder. Um, and it swings for the fence in, in a lot of really respectful ways, respectable ways that I wasn't sure it was going to be able to deliver on when it headed into that perceived nosedive that I thought the story was headed into. Um, mm-hmm. But even if, even with that rough patch, like I still would count this as among probably one of the best visual novels I've ever had the pleasure of reading. Cool. It's also got a great visual style. Like I really like I I really admire that it's not like cutesy anime stuff and it's kind of got like a more grounded in reality look to it and like there's a lot of just abstractness to the background work which mm. is really cool. The soundtrack mm. is incredible. Yes. That counts for so much. Yes, yeah. it really does because all of the soundtrack is used perfectly. There is not a song that is out of place whatsoever. So like yeah, and like it's the first time I played a visual novel where a majority of the of the themes were actually vocal themes as well. <laughs> like that's kind of like a hard thing to pull off, I think, because if you yeah, it is. If you don't like the singing, that's gonna maybe play a lot. But I think it's all like just gorgeous top to bottom. Like that is a soundtrack mm. that I've been blasting pretty constantly since I've finished the game. So kudos to that. And I got to give points when I feel they're really important. When a game I feel takes on very heavy subject matter um, and does so in both a seemingly informed and respectful manner. Uh, The game tackles some pretty heavy gender and identity um, issues and it handles them just explicitly respectively. Well, respectfully, like, it's just amazing how well they make that work, and it was something I was afraid of at first, when it was, when the idea had started dangling itself in front of me, that that might be what was going on, but they delivered on it, uh, just completely full stop, and there's also, I mean, I guess I would also pose as, I guess, a quote-unquote bit of a trigger warning, there is a, uh, also, uh, an element of, uh, the post-traumatic stress disorder one experiences after having been sexually assaulted. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, hugely informed, uh, hugely respectful. Um, it's not used as a way to victimize a character or anything like that. It's used to give context. Um, and I think that they handled that stuff in a way that it's just like you don't see that very often, and to see those two kinds of issues being someone who's uh, intimately familiar with both uh, handled in a way that is realistic uh, and respectful, like it felt really nice to play a game where it felt like the people on the other side understood or either either understood or cared enough to make sure that they got that right. And uh, that's really I, nice. Yes. So on top of just being a great story overall, the fact that it's respectful in the way that it needed to be if it was going to tackle these kinds of issues, because you can absolutely have those kinds of things in a video game. Like, there's no reason you can't. Mm. But I think that Mm -hmm. there is a way that it has to be handled and it needs to be informed in some manner. And I feel that, like, I can't, I don't know for sure if they did or not, but it feels like somebody was either writing from firsthand experience or they consulted. And, like, it just feels like that. It feels like that to me, anyway. It just feels very mm-hmm. honest and very researched. 
Uh, so big props for that kind of thing. Cool. Yeah, like that's really rad. Absolutely, absolutely a visual novel. I think everybody needs to check out if like you're into those kinds of things. Like, yeah, like this one, this one's right up there. You like getting punched in the feels? This game's gonna do it a lot. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Sounds like strikes a bit of a contrast with some of the other ones we've talked about on here lately. Yeah. Just a bit, right? <laughs> Just a little bit. It stands um. in stark contrast. <laughs> it stands in stark contrast, yes. Uh, but yeah, the house in Fata Morgana is cool. pretty rad. There's like a follow-up kind of like sequel slash origin story thing that is out. I haven't played yet. Mm. I'm probably going to look mm-hmm. at it at some point, but I'm fine with having just experienced the original for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the name uh, for uh, Virus Returns in chat is The House in Fata Morgana. It's very good. Very good. I had a great cool. time with it. Do, you, do we know any of the other things by this? I think you know, this is their only project. Damn. I know that this That's is right. also I know that this is also coming to PS4 um, via limited run games. They're also doing a digital uh, release for it too. So mm-hmm. it's not just going to be just a box and then it's gone. Um, so yeah, like it's going to be widely available even more so, uh, on consoles now. Hey, more visual novels on consoles. That's awesome. Yeah. Visual novels are pretty great. They're kind of really been taken off the last few years. I really like them. Yeah. Good thing. Cause you know, we, we just finished We're making, making one. one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This person's made, this person is the director and writer for House in Fata Morgana, Morgana, Fata Morgana, a Requiem for Innocence, and the thing called Branching Paths, which I don't, which came out afterwards, and I don't want, know what they, what it is. Gotcha. I'll have, to, I'll, have to do some, I'll have to do some research because I would definitely be yeah. interested in reading more of that author's content. If it's, if it sounds it, like one hell of a like way to start. Yeah, like if this is a debut, holy yeah. shit! Like yo, Looks like it was the debut. That's quite a fucking end. debut. Yeah. Someone where you know they were just writing a bunch, and then but not just necessarily yeah. releasing it. Mm. And then if you just find their own GeoCities page, that's where the real, <laughs> yes, that's where the stuff real juicy is. stuff's at. <laughs> Scrub from the internet, unfortunately. Ugh. Like most creatives like to do with when they get good. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Cowards. I made. It, that's why I made it a point to never get good. That's why I don't have to ever <laughs> scrub anything. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. I maintain the lowest of standards, baby. Don't worry. These these podcast episodes will be here 200 years from now. Don't worry. They're not going nowhere. Probably the world's not going to be here in 200 years. Dog, the world's not going to be here in like eight months. I know. <laughs> so does anybody else have anything else? Because, man, if, so, if not, we kind of blazed through this one. John, were you going to say the one yeah, story you finished? Of course. I was, oh, okay. I was saving it. Did okay, you okay. Else, John Thayer, uh, like, uh, Rhett, do you have anything else? No, because I okay, didn't well, I guess John Thayer's, John Thayer's going to sing us to sleep. <laughs> Here, I'm just going to drop it. Yeah, Steven Universe finished, and it was amazing and beautiful. Um, Is it or finished, finished, for finished now. or... I don't think that they have a movie coming out. Because um, I've heard there, I've already heard that there's a season seven for pre-order. That was a joke, I think. Uh, there's uh, not so even a season six yet. Oh. Yeah. This is season five finale. I don't, season six and seven 
not confirmed. There's nothing there that's saying if it's done. If it's done with if it, there is a movie, but if it was done right now, it would be satisfying. I think I is the general takeaway. I haven't watched since like season three. Yeah, you'd have a lot of catch up. You'd probably just want to start from this. Just wait until the movie's out and <laughs> we'll keep, or just so, never watch it. So out Polly, just give me the episode numbers that are important because oh, I find no. those, because <laughs> I find with that show I absolutely do not care about the filler episodes anymore. They're all important. No, all the who's not important? Lars is Lars not important? Rhett? What do you think? Lars becomes like the most important. <laughs> yeah, Lars is pretty important. Is Sadie not important? Who's not important? I don't know. Sadie is I'm a killer now. I'm it's not crazy. important in the world. Throw me. I'm a filler person. Throw me out in the garbage. <laughs> everyone else, I guess. <laughs> Polly. Oh my god! Season five took so fucking long, though. Like literally, I, oh, it's I literally got, been like a year and a half in season five. I got it's, caught it's up wild. in like May 2017, which was the start of season five, and they mm-hmm. just finished season five in 2019. <laughs> so dumb. So I'm like, oh, everything is referencing episodes I watched a year and a half ago. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't been I haven't rewatched been rewatching regularly for a while. So I'm gonna wait until it's the movies out and whatnot and see if they're gonna do more and then do one big chunk rewatch. It's good. I like, like when it a lot. is the is the movie gonna be a theatrical thing or just a TV movie? Or I what? think just a TV thing. So it's just gonna be probably you know a. A Stephen Bomb, but because uh, I mean I haven't seen it yet, but the last episode already was just a forty-five minute episode aired over an hour. Yep. So it's like, oh, was that the movie? No, it wasn't. It was. Okay. There's another movie, but I don't. It's probably. I don't know what it's gonna be. I trust the. I trust the crew universe. I trust whatever they're gonna do. But it was. It was a very satisfying endpoint. Now's a good time to catch up. Yeah. So I'm. <laughs> catching up but i wasn't gonna be able to do it before mm-hmm. the episode i don't i don't have that much left though even though you say this is like the last six months of the show is like i mean like five episodes like what yep it's pretty fucking dumb they went real slow it's not the it's not them they it, like if you stretch if you look at the numbers like if they had just aired it like every two weeks or like yeah. every week six months out of the year it would have been a normal airtime but instead they are the network kept fucking them over like releasing all of season three in a month yeah i don't i don't understand because it's like i got caught up in may 2017 mm-hmm. and i looked at when the next episode aired and it was like december 2017 i'm like oh i know why i fell off this now because you didn't air any episode for seven months yeah it's... yeah like cartoon network very like i think they very clearly did not want this show anymore but like the fan base mm-hmm. would not let them let it go yeah, they oh basically God, they just try to just kill the show in any way they can. They kind of succeeded, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I mean it's the they succeeded in all, but without, but the show's there and done. Yeah, and like it's actually so going to see a uh, conclusion. Yeah, thank God. So, I don't know how no, I'm. I'm God, where I am right now, though, I don't know how they resolve it in like six episodes. Even though I guess one of them <laughs> is forty-five minutes long, so a lot can happen. Yeah. I mean, there's more. There's more room for them to do more. Like they could have a lot more easily. But like, if that was an endpoint, I wouldn't be mad or anything. That's kind well, of. There, there's two characters I really want to see their stuff resolved. 
<laughs> it's good stuff. Enjoy. Enjoy the rest of it. So I'm not going to talk about Steven Universe. So I'm going to talk about the, an, actually good car, an actual good cartoon. Um, uh, today's menu for the Emia family. Oh, my God. Okay, okay that's, uh, headphones that's off. The episode. So that's the only cartoon I finished. All, the only oh story I finished since the Somebody last episode. Somebody in chat message me when he's done talking about this. No, I think we Fair should just end the episode. I don't know if he finds this is a joke it's or not. Ni- I don't. It's it's very cute. Look, it's just a little slice of life cooking show, and it made me very happy because it's all the characters are alive and they just love each other and are just eating food, and it's very sweet. And they have like a four minute food porn going in depth over a recipe as he cooks it every episode. Also, all the episodes are only ten minutes long. So it's like it's a really like bite-sized cute thing and it made me very happy. Well now you like the story where everyone is alive. No, that's the thing, like the <laughs> none of the roots in the original game like resolve with everybody alive, like everybody somebody suffers and dies yeah. tragically in every route. So then they just have this alt AU where <laughs> NPT, everyone lived. I liked fine. it better when Evangelion did it. And they only needed crayon drawings to do it. <laughs> Has John never seen Evangelion? I've seen Evangelion, and that's why I put it right next. I put it right next to Faith on my shelf. Yeah, he put oh, a okay. big turd on his anime shelf in the middle of all this good anime. <laughs> is the first movie think... really available now in stores? No, Evangelion has been out of print for a while, which no, is why people are pissed. The first Fate movie. Oh, the first. Yeah, Fate I bought movie. it. Uh, I bought. I went and bought the limited edition uh, Heaven's Feel movie and then i bought a nice figure that's right next to me right now and it's making me very happy <laughs> and they won't so. do the third movie for another year yeah and it'll come out next year it's they're just releasing it'll come out next year in japan and then come out here like another year later <sighs> well yeah if you read the vn then you'd be able to experience the story now but if you want to wait then you're gonna have to wait so it's gonna be I think good the most I think the most amazing thing about Fate is that that original VN still has no official release in English. The the fan translation is great. Like, it's rock solid. I know, but it's it's like the mother three of visual novels. Yeah, it's like, it's even, like, like... Yeah, it's kind of... It's amazing that somebody hasn't just, like, look, we'll buy the fucking yeah. rights for the translation and we'll just publish it on Steam. Like, Umineko got licensed... Did they just use the translate the Witch yeah, Hunt they used Witch Hunts. They used Witch yeah. Hunts like Witch Hunt is act- actively involved with uh oh, yeah, seventh the... expansion's new shit. Yeah, right. Cool. And like um, Higurashi got translated like twice. Yep. But no one will touch Fade. Tells you all even you need to know, mo- really. Even as the mobile game is like fucking huge over here now too, apparently. Tells you I think all it might you just need be to know. out of I think it might just be out of folks' price range. Like, I like manga gamer. I'll, we'll license Fate, and they're like, "Cool, we're a two billion dollar franchise, and oh. we are huge, mega popular." That's more than likely what's keeping it. That? That's more than likely. I mean, what's maybe now, it. but like, they've had fifteen years to do it. I guess, but yeah, I think the, I think it just sort of got got so big that I'm disappointed in Ballas. He imported the Vita release of Fate. I'm even more disappointed in you now, Ballas. Oh my god. Oh my god. That is two words I didn't expect to be next to each other. And that is so John. <laughs> Thank fate on your Vita. Like, you found a kindred spirit in our chat today, John. Thank you, Ballas. Yeah, the, the version I played modded in a bunch of the Vita updates. 
It was very nice. But then, and then remodded back in the smut, <laughs> which was very important for Heaven's Feel especially. So I'm glad that they did that. No idea how you could take God, that stuff. There's a, there's a Vita release of Fate. That's amazing. Yeah, there's a phone release. If you're in Japan, you can download know, the first Vita is just always free. funnier to me. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't, I have so much, there's so much beautiful things about this cooking show cartoon, and I don't oh. feel like y'all are, have an open heart to me explaining why. Can, I, I linked the opening in the chat, it's very cute. Like, just look at it. Look at the animation, it's very cute. I'm not gonna do it. You're not gonna do it? <laughs> no, I'm, you have I'm nothing. You have no love in your heart. I actually don't. You peel back all those layers of, like, fat and guts, and there's my heart, you're... you won't find love in it. I thought you were going to say something else, but you just said, I'm actually, I actually don't, in direct reply. I thought there was something else to that sentence, the nose, in relation to the love. No, it's just in indir- direct relation to my love of fate. It's literally 0%. <laughs> Some really funny cognitive dissonance, though, with all the sweetness, like... They mostly just don't let the villains in the show for the most part, but then they do have like Shinji show up briefly, and I'm like, this is a weird fit for the nice cooking show, but all right. Um, but yeah, it's very sweet. It made me want to cook more. I went, actually went out and bought stuff to make hot and sour soup, and you, then I made it. And, and, then, made and then you ate that all week. Yeah, and I made another batch. And yesterday then made another and batch all week. We had to do it right the second time because you overcooked the pork. I overcooked. Okay, John, I watched the intro. Yeah? Why is UFO table credited? Did They, they made it. it. Yeah. Why, why are they UFO? wasting their talent on this? It's really good. It's so good. Oh, man. my God. And remember when UFO table did good shows? Remember Manabi Straight? That show was oh good. Oh, my God. I barely didn't. I was like, yeah, there was the thing, like... 20 years ago. Gradient hair, remember? That was the big thing. Yeah. Does UFO Table do anything besides Fate? I thought they were just the Fate people. They They did stuff before the Fate. Yeah. And now they're just the Fate people. Look, these episodes are 13 minutes, and they release one every month for a year. Which is so great, I think. It's like an ONA, like they released it online. I think it was magical, and I don't think that... I think I don't even want to talk to y'all about it anymore. <laughs> oh, thank God. It's Sunday, <laughs> and there is a God. All right. Oh. You know, I'm looking at their history for UFO Table. Manaby Straight was their last show before Fate Zero. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, at least they went out with a bang. And then they did Garden of Sinners, which is also a Nazi work. Then they did Unlimited Blade Works. <laughs> they and basically they did... just became the Fate Company. No, because then they did a God Eater show and a oh. Tales of Zestiria show. Oh, God! Ooh, Tales of Zestiria is bad on its oh, own. No. Oh, this is interesting. Their newest thing to be announced is called Girls Work. It's an original. It's a co-production with Type Moon, though. <laughs> oh, God. Girls Work, Type Moon. Yeah, I'm sure this is going to be a very flattering portrayal of women. Y'all liked y'all liked Canaan. That's an adaptation of a of a, a Type Moon thing. It's an adaptation of a Nazi I thing. I think that with Canaan there was restraint. I think that there was somebody behind the scenes of that project that said, "No, you're not going to fucking Naso it." 
<sighs> well, it, Girls Work, a new all-ages work written by ex-Liarsoft members. So it's not Nazu, at least. Thank God. At least. A gifted <laughs> storyteller. Oh. Knows his shit. Not all of his shit. Some stuff. There's some shit he doesn't quite, quite have a razor sharp grasp of. But a lot of the shit. Yeah, decency toward women. That's one. <laughs> yeah. That's one big thing I that said, he doesn't I said fucking to have. Know everything. I said it wasn't perfect. <laughs> all right. So that's the today's menu for the Emmy family, which I didn't even get to talk about really. <laughs> but we can move on. Uh, I think that's the I think that's the closing note of the podcast. You did talk about it. It's literally like I could tell you everything about this show that you would need to know. I could do it right now. Quiz me. It's a fucking show. It's 12 minutes long. It aired over the course of a year. It's dumb food shit with fake characters. Whoopity-doo. Look, I did it. I'm John Thayer. I love eating from the garbage can quite regularly. Do they do that in the show? Yes. They do not eat from the garbage. They don't even one be. That's the only way you get me to watch that show is if somebody ate from a garbage can. Okay, there's a really sweet moment like every time Shira cooks anything it turns out perfect and oh it's just God. like looks completely amazing and all the ladies eat it and go, "Oh, yay, this is so great." And then there's one beat where he teaches Caster how to cook a thing and then she goes and cooks it for the love of her life. And it doesn't turn out anywhere near as good. And because really she doesn't have a dick. Um, no, there are other there are ladies. All the different characters cook at some point, and they all do beautiful jobs, except for Caster this one time. But then he eats it anyway, and he thinks says it's really delicious because she made it for him. And I thought that was really sweet. Uh huh. All right, whatever. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Just fucking deadpan the whole thing. I'm done. Fire's had enough. I'll play Duncan Rumpa, I guess. He's gonna go do his own fate podcast with people who care. Don't even joke about that. Him and Tom are working on that oh, right now. Oh no, I bet they are. I mean, Zelaz is already in it. Oh, he was the he was the one that you had, and they were the she were she, sorry. Um, they were the one I had in my um the group DM where I got to yell about Heaven's Feel. Before I started just also yelling on the private and then on the disc, I yelled everywhere about it basically. Just yeah, there was no safe place for anyone to go. <laughs> yep. Polly knows she tried. I tried, literally. I disappeared yeah, two- for one day and then I like John sending me PS4 messages at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Voice yeah. messages too. Not he's not typing them out, he's just like turning on the microphone and going. As long as that damn thing will let him go. <laughs> got two more Sakura figures coming. What? Sorry about that. Oh my god! Also, hey, yeah, Polly, remember when I bought a figure the other month and I was like, mm, "I'm such fun trash." Yeah. John finishes fate and buys three Sakura figures immediately <laughs> of the same character. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I have one. That's enough. Well, they were coming until February, and I was just really sad about it. Like, oh wait a minute. <laughs> Also, like, the cooking show was, like, really nice because it was an AU where everyone lived and it was just getting to see all these people happy. The sequel, VN, is apparently also an AU where everybody lived and it's mostly cutesy slice of life. So I'm really excited about that one now. It's going to be just, Uh. like, food shit and going to the beach 
and going to Hot Springs. I don't know. It's going to be dumb bullshit, and I'm so here for it. It's going to be dumb trash. You enjoy wallowing around in your dumb trash, and we'll enjoy hearing about it each and every fucking episode for the rest of the year. <laughs> I guess I'll talk He's about got fucking... 15 years of fate to catch up on. Yeah. The only, um, the extra series isn't complete over here until that fan translation gets done, so I don't feel great about diving into that one, so it's pretty much just Grand Order and Hollow Ataraxia. That's the, the sequel VN, right? Yep. So okay. those are those are the big, the major works left now. See, the only thing I can say about Fate is that Hollow Ataraxia is a cool name for something. But I'm just yeah, bum- I'm bummed that it is it is attached to Fate. However, <laughs> I mean those are the only, those are the big Fate things left. Like I still have Garden of Sinners and Super. Oh, see, yeah, you've got oh. Fate Extella. You didn't play Fate Extella, did you? It's a Muso no, game. Fate, that's what I'm saying is that Fate Extella is part of the extra series, which isn't complete yet over here. Mm. Like I heard that the the I heard that the Japan only one was the real good one. So I'm like, ah. Oh. You see, there there's a good point. Can we get an official Toho anime instead? You know what? I would no. watch. I would watch a slice of life Toho anime. Yeah, because you're invested in the characters. Because the characters are great, just like in Fate. Sure. I'm done. Anyway. All right, John's done. All right. I don't have anything else to say. At all. We're releasing a VN. We are. Really We're releasing a visual. I worked model. on it for like three or four hours today. We're going to be be releasing that February 14th. It's called Afterward. You'll probably hear all about it on our Twitter feeds once it's live, because when we release something, we never shut up about it for a year. (laughs) It's true. John knows all about not shutting up about something for a year. Mm. Oh, yeah. So do you think we'll do a new episode of the SoxCast before that comes out or not? I mean, if we Um, do it in two weeks, sure. Two weeks, we will probably be, let's see, we'll probably be like right like a few days beforehand. Okay. Let's see. February 14th. Yeah, we will probably be doing an episode either the week before or just like the day before. Okay. So. Yeah, I I just checked and it was four days before. It's on the 10th. Cool beans. All right. So I guess. Because we're releasing it on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Because we did that. Well, it's it's exactly two years after the release of her lullaby. So. Mm hmm. And the game takes place exactly two years after it. Yep. Wait, really? No, that's a lie. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, should, we, we didn't have that kind of foresight. We thought we were going to be finished with that damn game in three months. It is now 16 months later, and it's finally done. <laughs> man. Oh, man. And it's not longer than her lullaby. That's no, it's not. It's oh, not at all. It's, it's, lo- it, it's longer than we expected it would be, but it's not longer than her lullaby. It's something that had to grow at a very organic rate like mm-hmm. uh, it needed proper time to, to get done and to simmer yeah like it's something we kind of needed to it, it'll be fun talking about this one in a post-mortem because like mm-hmm. this one this one definitely went through a lot of stuff to get to where it is and to where we are just like 100 percent happy with it now mm. the post-mortem or otherwise known as the afterward afterward the afterward afterward <laughs> Right, we missed it because we didn't do it on a Sox cast. What was your reaction to the announcement? Oh, I told I him. I told him beforehand. I told him beforehand. I know, but my reaction to that was like, I had a feeling it was a her lullaby related thing. <laughs> I, I was thinking maybe pre- prequel, but I was wrong. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. how would you think prequel with a name like afterward? 
I mean, before I mean, I knew you guys were working on something, mm-hmm. and I figured it was her lullaby related, mm-hmm. and I thought it might be a prequel. And then I saw the name, and so like, oh, I'm wrong, obviously. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, and big thanks to Holly Hampson for helping out with the uh, with the trailer. She did the voiceover. The game is not voiced over, okay? <laughs> oh. oh boy, that would be a lot. Yeah, that would, especially with all the stuff that's in that game. It would be a lot. Oh, no. It would be a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> I'd feel uncomfortable trying to record Making things like that. people say some things. There's a lot of... It's, it's, you'll see. You'll, you'll see oh, when it comes can we, out. Can, can we, like, ret stream it or something? It would be fun. No. Oh, all right. I want to, I'm sorry. No, right, I don't think fine. I want to put ret through that thinking of some things now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, we are releasing uh, afterward on February 14th. We hope that if you enjoyed her lullaby or are not caught up on it, that you do check out her lullaby and then check out afterward. Afterward. That would be really cool. Uh, mm. you, you can get that at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net slash her lullaby if you're interested in psychological horror um, that, that, that's full of feelings. Yep. Or just play afterward on its own. Like, that'll basically be fine. <laughs> No, man. It's you don't like, really need the context. Nah. <laughs> Who needs context? You don't need context. First fucking Just three jump lines. in with Kingdom Hearts 3. Just jump in with... Yeah. Literally like the first three lines of the goddamn game. What the fuck am I reading? What is this? <laughs> anyway, so I guess, we're, I guess we're going to go ahead and start winding down now. Um, yep. First of all, uh, of course, thanks everybody for coming out to the live show. You all are incredible and amazing. And thank you all who threw bits at us, who threw in subscriptions. Y'all are amazing, and I appreciate you, each and every one. You never have to, but the fact that you do means a whole lot. John Thire, where can our internet friends find you? Faraway.times.itch.io Rhett, where can our friends find mm. you? Inconsequentialexistence.com, I guess, even though I haven't updated it in a while. Get the fucking work on that. stuff. Because uh, I, I have real work now, unfortunately. Yeah. Tumblr sucks. Yeah, God, that really work. does make things harder, huh? Yeah. And you can find me at my dumb website at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. Yeah, but for now we'll we'll wait while After Five gets his panties properly organized and situated mm. to to get his stream going. And we're gonna sit here. We're gonna banter for a few minutes. How about that? How you guys feel about yeah. banter? I like banter. Banter's good. We're not very good at it. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like we're great at it. You think so? Yep. Hmm. It's like that thing where. One of us likes something that's trash, and the other make fun, uh, makes finally uh, makes fun of them for it. Yeah. Or we all like something that's trash, and then we all just kind of wallow in it wallow together. in the trash. Like those are the moments that I feel are most preferable when we can all wallow about in no, the trash. No, I, I kind of. Well, oh yeah, if you can spread the trash, but sometimes you can't. And you no. just have to yeah. accept it. Just sort of like a like a disease, like or like a parasite. Yeah, you were like wallowing around in this fate dumpster, and like there are so many diseases in there that I just do not want. Mm. Just in the worm pit. 
Oh, yeah, there are worms in there, aren't there? I knew it. The respect women worms are in there. Did that vanish? I'm here. I was watching okay. a trailer, sorry. Oh, that's okay. You just don't care about us as much as the trailer. Uh, a okay. pot of collard greens, sweet potatoes, beans, and corn. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does. I would chow down all over that. The Metroid oh, Prime 4 right. uh, delay, I, mean, I think it's totally fine. I think that it sounds like they weren't hitting milestones that they wanted to hit. They were mm -hmm. honest with themselves and said, this probably isn't something we can do. Let's go to the people that have done these before and get their input. And I think that that is a smart decision rather than putting out a shitty game. Yeah. yeah. Because they cannot, they cannot have been blind to the reaction that Other M got. Yep. And that uh, one was on their watch, even though Team Ninja, even though Team Ninja handled the gameplay part, the story shit was all on Nintendo. Mm -hmm. So they cannot be like, like I have to think that they took I that to heart. I actually really wonder about that part now that you should think about it, because that was Sakamoto being responsible for the bad part of the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I heard just anecdotally the rumor I heard is that Metroid Prime Four was being made like by multiple studios like in different places mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and like some of them were coming together and some of them were like on fire oh god they were just like this is probably not a good way to make a game actually yeah just like, because we should probably just have one place able to communicate yeah better. that doesn't sound like nintendo's way of doing things because i don't think they have project managers that work yeah. that way i mean you could do that <laughs> if you're if you work at like ubisoft because that's literally their mo it's like hundred, oh, yeah. hundreds of companies working on Fucking, one project that shit's bonkers yeah I think this might have been like Nintendo's first attempt at doing that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe their last now. Yeah, they probably smart, <laughs> probably a smart decision. Yeah, it's yo, very, I, it's very weird that Nintendo of all people would be as transparent, so transparent as yeah. they have been mm -hmm. about this because it's not what you see normally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really give a shit about Prime Four with either yeah. of these companies making it. <laughs> If Prime Three was a little bit of a disappointment, so yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty fucking lame, and I didn't. I ne I've started Prime Two like seven times and bounced mm -hmm. off it every time. So like, I don't really care about I... retro very much, and I definitely don't care about Nintendo very much right now. So I'm like, yeah. all right, 